giving Eskimo kisses to the microphone. Shouldn't do that. Oh, guess, mine's a different pitch. I wonder if that's your nose or the microphone. That's weird. Huh? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> enough about sound design to tell. That's funny. <laughs> um, okay. Uh... Welcome to another episode of Pro-Am Disc Golf. I'm Gavin Goodwin. And I'm Chris Telesbo. I'm your amateur. And I'm your professional. And this week we are getting right into questions. Um, we've got a lot of questions from listeners, and we appreciate that so much. If you uh, would like us to answer your question, please write in and ask us. Um, the easiest way is through just through our Gmail account, uh, proamdiscgolf at gmail.com. Um, but you can also send it via Facebook Messenger or um, Carrier Pigeon Um on our Facebook page, there is a physical address that you can mail stuff to a PO box if you really want to send us a letter or something or a care package. Care package would be rad. Um, speaking of care packages, uh, where are those discs that I brought in? Oh, here they are. I showed these to Chris earlier, but I ordered. Mm. Uh, so I've had a really hard time finding classic suspects, and I thought that's what I was getting, but I got a classic blend suspect, uh, and it is in burst. And like they call the color smoke, I think. Mm -hmm. And it's maybe the debatably. I, yeah. So a lot of people like ooh and ah over a fris over a disc off disc. And I'm like, it's, it's a Frisbee, mm -hmm. you know, this is really pretty though. Like genuinely, this is a really good looking disc. Mm -hmm. And the, the burst stuff is a little bit hit or miss. Sometimes the mix is, you know, too much of, of the negative color. Uh, this thing's just straight up rad. So good looking that it's the first disc that I've ever bought that I'm like, I don't know that I want to throw that thing. <laughs> and then the other one, I say, I don't know that I want to throw that thing, mostly because I don't think it's the right disc for me, but <laughs> it is the uh, Eric Oakley Tour Series Felon. Lucid, and Lucid X. Lucid X, yeah. It's the first Lucid S X disc I bought. Yep. And just feel-wise, it feels um, a little softer than Lucid, maybe a little more grippy, but still feels really durable, but I haven't thrown it yet, so I don't know. I haven't played with it. Um, and I will take it out and I will throw it and see what I can get a felon to do. I've never thrown one before, but, um, I like to support our local pros and I still consider Eric a local pro, even though he, he doesn't necessarily consider himself that. So he's still Salt Lake on PDGA. Well, there you go. He's still a local. Then he's a local pro. Yep. Yeah. So I, yeah, even if I don't know who they are, if I find out a local pros, you know, got a fundraiser disc out there, I will try to pick it up. So. I'm sure there's some I've missed. If I've missed buying your disc, write in, let me know, and I will go buy one. <laughs> so I've got one or two of yours. Yes. So do you have you, are you doing another one this year? I'm procrastinating. Okay. And I probably will. Okay. Now what, what is on you to get that done? What, what are you procrastinating? I'm just, curious. I just have to decide if I want to do a hot stamp or another space Dimax. Oh, okay. That's, I've been thinking about that for a while. So you had a space Dimax. I don't think I have that one. Is that an EMAC truth as well? Space Dimax? Uh, last year's has a picture of me in the middle. Yeah. The year before that was just space with my name. Also Dimax. But were they both Emax? Uh, I did four molds each year. Oh, okay. So the one I have with you on it is an Emac. I think that uh -huh. may be the only one that I have. Or maybe I have two of those. Um, I like you, but the space one was cooler. Yeah, I... I, I like them both. I yeah. don't know. It's, no, they're both... They're, they're rad discs. And Dimax is... Uh, I don't know that they have other that they released that the dynamic releases discs in that plastic that aren't Dimax. So it's almost like gold line. I think I it's know. hybrid a lot of the time. Yeah, but it's a good plastic. It's, I love it. It's, it's not good favorites. playing wet because it's super slick, especially mm -hmm. with the Dimax, but mm -hmm. it's a, I really like that plastic a lot. It's durable. It's, it's grippy. It's a good plastic. So I totally agree. Yeah. 
So pick up a Dimax disc. They're like the feel is really nice. And they're pretty. Yeah. And if you're into the whole trending space cats with pizza and laser vision, there's probably that on a disc. I, I'm they listed online, so I'm sure there is yeah. one. Space kitties is everywhere. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and you can submit your own design to Dynamic, and which is cool. Dimax it for you, which is really so. Cool. If you want to do your pet or surprise a friend with a picture of them and a friend or whatever you want, or you want to like, you know, put on a Dimax on an Emac, you, you know, a picture of a rock. <laughs> Just so that you can pre- like pretend that you're old school and rad, even though you're throwing a better disc. Um, I totally thought you meant like a stone. <laughs> no, an to make rock. the pun about throwing a rock. I wonder if they would do that, or if that would run into copyright. Probably thing. copyright. Yeah, but that would be kind of funny. But you could you could put a picture of a stone on it and say I'm throwing my rock. Oh, I like and that. And it's like an emac. That's your rock. It's your go-to. It's your staple. Yeah, it's your rock. Like R O C K. Yeah, when other people are throwing their rocks and like oh, I almost, you know, it's my see rock. that's clever. Well, this is my rock. Oh, maybe we have to beat everybody to that. That should be your fundraiser disc. Uh, a rock. Yeah, the dynamic <laughs> rock. I don't think I can get away with that. No, you can just put a stone on there. Oh, R-O-C-K. Or, yeah, I mean. Or just put Gene Simmons and it's the rock, you know. Yeah, yeah okay. okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway. Okay, well, those are my questions that I wrote in with. No, I didn't write in. Um, but yeah, write in if you've got questions and, um, we will answer them and we're going to go right to questions right now. This first one is from Kevin Carr and he wrote this, uh, I love your podcast. I found it from searching for more disc golf content through the downcast app search feature, which is rad. I don't know about that app, but I'm glad it found us. I'm going back through past episodes and listening to your in the bag. That was my in the bag. Uh, that was I don't remember what episode that was on, but that's pretty, I like my in the bag. It was, it helped me to go through my bag and realize, uh, that I don't necessarily know what I'm throwing all the time. Um, I absolutely love the Dismania S line FD. And I was wondering if you would part with it. I can pay you with PayPal or trade you something for it. I have some discs that I don't use, but I'm not sure what you'd want for it. Anyway, thanks for a great show. All the best. And I already wrote to Kevin, uh, but that disc is gone. Uh, so yes, he will part with it. Yes, I, I will part with it. Uh, I was playing with, and I think I talked about this on a previous episode, ended up, uh, showed up at the course and mm-hmm. there was a dad and his 11 year old daughter that were starting to play. And I just ended up playing the, the round with them. And she was throwing some stuff that was a little higher speed and a little heavier. And so I just handed her that and said, here, try this. And she loved it. So I let her keep it. And, uh, awesome. Kevin, I would have absolutely given you that disc. I, I didn't, don't, I don't need to sell it. I don't need to trade you, but, uh, it is gone. Someone beat you to it. Yeah. So if there's anybody out there that has any S line FDs, uh, Kevin wants them. So <laughs> that would be, I would love to, to, um, inundate Kevin with uh, S line FDs, but Kevin also did something else for us, Chris, which is pretty rad. Um, oh, yeah. hopefully it's on this episode, maybe even on the last episode that you listen to. But if you notice the song's a little bit different, that is uh, courtesy of Kevin. He, hey, it's a track he made on SoundCloud a couple yes, years ago. Yeah. So apparently he does some, uh, music making. mixing. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, it's not mixing. It's new music. I, yeah. It's music. He makes creating. music. He creates. Yeah. And, uh, if you want to follow him on, um, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, it is, what is his Reverend Reverend P. Reverend P, all one word. Yep. 
uh, at Reverend P on SoundCloud. So uh, check him out, like him, and he's a disc golfer. So go ahead and support him, and he supports our show. So and thank you, Kevin. We love having uh, the new song. So that's rad. If you want us to to play your song, send it in, and maybe we'll tag it on the end of episode. Or if you want us to try to you know alternate it in and out as a um, uh, intro song or, or a theme song, that'd be great. What would make it easier for me if you want us to do that is send me the whole song and I can tag it on the end if you know if you want us to. Uh, but also if you want us to use it as an intro or outro, um, send me the snippets like about you know five ten seconds like we like we do now. Mm-hmm. That would make it a lot easier for me because then I can just tag them on and I don't have to scrub through your song wondering what part you want me to, to mm-hmm. cut. So, um, but thank you, Kevin. All right, next up uh, is Hunter, and Hunter has a pretty fun question for us. Do you want me to read that, Chris, or do you want me to? Uh, either way, I got it up. Okay, go ahead. Hello, Gavin and Chris. Hello, Hunter. Absolutely love your podcast. Listen to every episode on Spotify. Someone in our local club posted a new Dynamic Disc Urban Combat Tournament in Bowling Green, Kentucky. I was curious if I may extend the invite to you guys and maybe see you out there. I am aware it's a bit of a road trip for you all, but hey, that could make for some fun podcast stories. Hunter, you're absolutely right. That would make for a lot of fun podcast stories, and you're absolutely right that it is a long road trip. I looked it up. And it was, I think, twenty five or twenty six hours. It's a from bit Salt of a Lake drive to it's Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yeah, and that's uh, not counting stopping to sleep and eat. And you don't do those things. No, no, no. Well, how many vegan restaurants do you think we could find along the way, Chris? Two. Yeah. So we would have to plan our trip around that. <laughs> I'm not vegan. You know, I'll, I'll 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 get down on some McDonald's, but I respect you know that Chris won't. And so. Yeah, so it would it would be a little bit uh, it, flattered for the invite though. Thank you. So I I I want to go to this so badly. I'm a huge I even looked fan. into flights and there's nothing to Bowling Green. Uh, we could find Nashville. in Nashville, but they're not cheap. Um, there are direct drive. flights though from Salt Lake to Nashville. Okay, uh, and we could drive. We could split up the time driving. Um, you know, my car's a little bigger than yours. We could take that, but uh, I don't think I can take the time away. And it's just pro- it's not going to happen. But I so want to go. Yeah, and that sounds so fun. An urban. I, yeah, I'm a huge fan of urban disc golf. I've yeah. wanted to run one for a long time. And I've never played one, but they look. I haven't awesome. either. Yeah, they look amazing, and I would love to play. So I absolutely appreciate the invite. Yeah, and if I were closer, I would. Anyone who is in striking distance of that, I asked Hunter when that is, and uh, June 10th. Yes, June 10th. It's a Sunday. Um, and uh, if you're in that area and you you want to go play on a Sunday on June 10th. Uh, go out, go support yeah. the heck out of that tournament. Bowling um, Green's a great disc golf scene. Yeah. And urban disc golf is amazing. Yeah. So be there. Yes, please. Uh, that would be so great if we got a bunch of people who listen to the show um, going out to That'd that tournament. That would be really cool. And I, I, we both really would love to go. It's just a little out of striking distance. Yeah. Um, if you happen to live in like Boise, Hunter, maybe we could justify that. Yeah, I would, I would do five hours for sure. Yeah, we could, we could make that work. I think my wife that, would even be cool with that. But so. 25 is two or three days of driving. That's a lot. Which is a lot. That's a lot of driving. Sorry, friend. Yeah, but we would, we would love to be out there, Hunter. Uh, so if you have another event that's closer, more in striking distance of you know Salt Lake City, uh, let us know because that would be rad. Um, but Hunter, I guess, um, let me throw this out there. Uh, if you guys want to pay for us to go out there, <laughs> we'll do it. But I'm, I don't expect that to happen, nor do I even really want you to try. <laughs> so, but, um, even, no, even more than the money, it's just the time. Like yeah. I don't, I just, 
don't have that time. And you're going to you're, you're traveling like the next week, right? Yeah, the the following Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we've got a local event. So yeah. I have to be back like very shortly after. Yeah, which doesn't leave a lot of time for unfortunate timing. Or, yeah. But we would love to be there. Yeah, and thank you for the invite. That's awesome. Okay, the next question uh, comes from Robert Highland. We're getting through these pretty quick, Chris. This is this is kind of rad. We skipped Hunter's follow up. Oh, we did. Oh my gosh. Yes, Hunter had a Hunter did have a follow up question. Thank you. Um, Can't leave you unattended. All right, we'll go ahead and read that, Chris. Uh, he also just asked um, if either of us has ever thrown Prodigy plastic, and what are our thoughts? So, I have not. I I read this question. I intended actually to go and pick up a Prodigy disc, and I just didn't make the time to go do that and go throw it. Um, But Chris, what is your experience with Prodigy? Uh, So pre-trilogy, I threw a lot of Prodigy. Just for those of you that are new to the show, Chris is sponsored by Dynamic Discs. Mm -hmm. So contractually, he throws Dynamic Westside and Latitude 64. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it's not like an obligation. It's it's a choice. I enjoy them. Yeah, it's no, they're not, good. To, I throw a lot of them. Nobody twists too. my arm to throw it. Yeah, um, but you don't currently throw any prodigies. Correct, point. correct. So, and it's not because of choice. It's because of sponsorship. Well, yeah, but that's a choice I made. That's true. I could have said no. I prefer prodigy. Well, absolutely, could have. So, it's yeah, a choice. that's true. Okay, you're right. Yeah, it's a it brand, is a choice. It's a brand I like, and it's a choice I yeah. made. Anyway, um, before that, when I started getting serious with this golf. Um, I had a very, very mixed bag, like nine brands, maybe. That's a lot. Can you name nine brands? Let me see. Challenge, uh, go. Okay. Okay, uh, can I name all the trilogy ones? Because that will help. I only carried one of them. So you can, but can use I name one those? of the three. Oh, geez. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's say dynamic then. Okay. Um, there is Innova. Mm-hmm. Discmania. Three. Um, I think that's all I throw. Uh, MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, Reptile is that a company that's out there? Reptilian. Reptilian. Okay, that's five, right? Yep. Um, <clears throat> um Prodigy. Yep. <laughs> We're talking about Prodigy. I almost I almost forgot them. it. Um, three more. Prodigy. I'm just trying to run and through the, my head. And there are more out now than there were five years ago. That's nuts. Um. I, I, ah, <laughs> and I only know reptilian because they, there, there's a few at our local store and I've just seen them and thought that I don't think I, I would think like throwing that disc. They make the scale and the serpent and some other putter. Yeah. I think it it's just reptilian. It, the one in the store is pretty beat up, but it doesn't look like a disc that I would enjoy throwing all that much. No offense. If you, Hey, give me a reptilian and I will throw it and I'll tell you what I think. Uh, uh, Oh, uh, <laughs> night eyes. They make glow oh discs. <laughs> they make three. Yeah, well, they have a light in the middle. Uh, oh, a Roby, a Roby. Uh, are PDJ make... approved? Night eyes aren't PDJ approved, so I won't, I won't count that one. But a Roby makes the like epic. three PDJ approved g- get discs. Okay. Uh, Straws are falling. Um, <laughs> it's hard, right? It's that's... yeah. That's the point. I, I got seven, and that's a stretch. Seven, yeah. stre- well. If I could have named the other two, that would have been nine in the trilogy, but Westside yeah. and Lion did. But I'll give it to you. Yeah, I'll no, I don't. Please don't give it to me because that was that was a stretch. Um, but yeah, so when oh, I w- Vibram, but they're not around anymore. But they used to be. Yeah, you forgot Discraft. Did I forget Discraft? You did. That just surprised me. That's I've got a Discraft. One of the big runners. Yeah, no, they're big. Yeah, um, I, I think I get them and Dismania confused in my head a lot because um, the names are so similar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Discraft they, they do the DGA. buzz, right? Yep. Oh, DGA. Yeah. Is Discraft's other, like Discmania's Innova's other. Oh, okay. I didn't know that they were connected. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. So, so okay. very mixed bag. I was very much in the mentality of I'm going to throw everything different that I can just because. Why just not? Because. Yeah. So super mixed. And Where were you getting discs? Just to play it against sports or? Um, play it again. Internet. Friends. The river. Okay. Just any. Anywhere. Just anything you could find. Yeah. Yep. Um, if I find it, throw it. If I like it, it stayed. And I started getting a little bit more serious. Met Eric. He was throwing Discmania at the time. And he, among others, convinced me to get better. You need to kind of stop changing the bag, find something you like, and get more of it so you have more consistent feel. So I was like, okay. Went through my bag, and my two favorite discs happened to both be Prodigy. So I was like, okay, we're doing it. We're throwing only Prodigy. Yeah. So I pulled everything out, started buying Prodigy, and threw it for, I don't know, maybe a year, almost exclusively just to do it to try and yeah. improve myself um and that was like the first generation d3 was my favorite driver at the time and then a proto m4 was my favorite mid-range at the time so it made it really easy to pick that as a brand um so their I've, naming convention i gotta say i didn't know anything about them but i looked them up i like that it's like very straightforward it's super simple drive driver d for drivers one yeah overstable Driver four, understable. Yeah. Etc. So I, I was throwing them. Um, I switched away from it as the H series came out. So I've thrown the H1, 2, 3, and 4. That's like their hybrid yeah, fairway mid-range. Yeah, 10-ish speed. Okay. Uh, fairway driver, high-speed driver. Okay. Hybrid. Um, so I've not thrown any of the A series, the approach discs. Okay. I haven't thrown any of those. But I've thrown everything else, and I have nothing bad to say about it. I just... Yeah. You, ch- you chose, chose to, not to, s- yeah. to, to throw dynamic or trilogy stuff instead. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I have been complaining on the show forever about them not having those practice bags in stock, but I dun, finally dun, ordered dun. one. Yeah. Or two actually. Cause I saw them and I was like, I'm getting two They're $24. <laughs> I'm buying two of them. Oh, that's not bad at all. No, yeah. that's why I wanted them so bad. Like the, the other company that makes something similar is upper park. Designs, I think. Okay. I think Octothorpe does too. Oh, I haven't seen that I don't one. know how much theirs are. Uh, but the Upper Park one's like 50. Mm. It's like, that just seems like a lot for a duffel bag. Um, and which is effectively what it is. And it's got like, it holds like a water bottle pocket and stuff. It's like, I didn't need any of that. I didn't want any of that. I just yeah. wanted something to hold discs. So um, I'm sure the Upper Park one's great bag. Like their, their stuff actually looks yeah. like really good quality stuff, but it wasn't what I was looking for. And it was twice as expensive as the one that I wanted. So um, Understandable. If dynamic comes out with one, I, and it's not because I'm a fan, I will, I will definitely get it, but it's not because I'm a fanboy. It's because I'm an OGO fan and they just make great bags. I love, yeah. That's why I carry a dynamic disc commander because it's an OGO bag. It's not that it's a dynamic bag. It's an OGO bag. So, mm-hmm. um, OGO makes good stuff. Thanks OGO. Yeah, they really do. And they're disc golf bag. I've, I've gone and handled a bunch of them when I was looking at buying them and they're, in my opinion, they're just the best out there. So. Um, I really like my commander. I know it's what you used to. So yeah, I'm um, a commander fanboy. But I I asked Chris. Uh, so you know, if, if you I was thinking like, if you ask somebody what a dynamic disc like, give me a disc to get a feel for the company. I would say the Emac Truth. Yep. If it's Innova, give me a disc to feel the company. I would say maybe the Rock or like the Destroyer. Those are just discs that everybody throws for the most part, and that they just seem like the the solid ones. Um, and uh, so I asked Chris what would be that disc for prodigy what did you tell me uh for newer players m4 or f5 
And for bigger players, D1s. Okay. D, maybe D3. So I'm going to go and I'm going to pick up an M4 or an F5 or maybe both. And I'll uh, I'll let you know on a previous episode. Oh, yeah. Chris has got them. I'm just going to yeah. get them from him. Um, <laughs> that's right. That'll save me some money. Yeah. Um, and uh, I will report back and tell you what I think about Prodigy. But I here's my take on any company that's out there and trying to do it. Prodigy is a cool company because it's owned by players. It's mm-hmm. owned by disc golfers. It's owned by really good people. Yeah. And so is Innova. So is Dynamic. They're all owned by people who like the sport and care about the sport. And um, that's rad. Like that's a cool thing. And so I'm, I'm all for anybody who wants to kind of grow the sport. There are certain companies out there that their philosophies kind of from what I see don't really fit with my philosophy. So I just don't really patronize them very much. I don't Mm -hmm. have anything against them, you know, but it's not something that I, you know, if they're, marketing campaign is, is something that I've, I'm just not like, eh, it's a yeah. more crass than I want to be. Yeah. Then, then maybe I won't patronize it, but other people are. And so that's fine. But, um, for me, I, if you're interested in throwing prodigy, throw all you can, like you, you liked your prodigy that you were throwing, right, Chris? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So, I did. um, I, the, you know, the scuttlebutt is that they've lost some kind of their top tier players, but I think that's more just due to the deals that they could get at other companies and the, the fit, then mm-hmm. they're plastic. I don't think there's anything wrong with the discs that they're making and the product that they're putting out. I only hear actually really good stuff about the product. I have heard that Prodigy can be a little less consistent than some of the bigger companies, but that's all I, I've heard. I think they do mold in the U.S. though. Oh, do they? So if that matters to you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so Trilogy are all molded in, in, in Sweden. Sweden. Um, and we got, a, on, we got a follower from Sweden oh, on Facebook. That's amazing. Yeah, which is awesome. So we are, we are, we have an international fan base now. I mean, so if I could remember your name, I would say it. Or if I could pronounce your name, (laughs) I'll make make a call. Taro probably knows. Yeah. It might, I don't know. It might be him. No, he's Finnish. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, but I think this guy's actually from Sweden. Okay. Um, kind of rad. So, uh, yeah, for sure. So, um, I think that answers that question, but yeah, I'm support the sport. You know, if there's people that, that, invest in the sport. I'm all for that. Like keen, keen invests in our sport. Adidas has invested in our sport. Um, you know, there's, there's a few companies that do, and we, as a community show them that we like that and we'll get more people mm-hmm. to kind of invest in the sport. Yeah. So that reminds me to talk to you about something off the air about somebody investing in the sport, like another company. Not that you have any control over this. It's just something I, I wanted to uh-huh. ask you because I wanted to, ask someone else that you know okay that's an off-the-air conversation so okay. but i just forgot about Shot it until that now. down um okay next question thank you hunter by the way that was uh your little uh off-topic question got us you know Man, good talking point. yeah good good talking point so and took you know chris down memory lane yeah it's it's weird to think back it's it really is yeah it's just become such a part of me yeah do you i mean you probably don't want if you don't want to say anything that's totally fine but as far as prodigy as a company do you, is there anything that you've heard that would kind of go against what i said that you know just support no there's other no. yeah They're, everyone i know who plays for prodigy i have friends who do i'm friends with the owners um i mean paul and cat and will i don't know who else anymore all awesome people yeah so well they had some excellent players on their roster for a while and then they just kind of yeah, well, that's different that's, deals I don't actually, I don't want to go there cause I don't know enough. No. And I don't, I don't either, but I don't, I don't think that's anything against 
their product. Uh, yeah. You know, that's kind of my point. Like, it's just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and I, I know nothing about any of that. So, all right. Uh, next question. This is from Robert Highland, and this is a novel. Um, we can pick the question. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to kind of pick and choose out of this. But read that first line for sure. Yeah. Hey guys, really love the show. Yep. That one. <laughs> Thanks Robert. Um, and then I, I'll just read this for a pair. Can I begin to describe how timely and relevant tonight's April 9th topics were for me? Or maybe I can cause, maybe I cause can, maybe I can. Sorry. Do you I need help. I need help. Robert wrote it fine. I can't read it. <laughs> He's very uh, literal. Yeah. Cause clearly I made an effort. Um, so Robert, then he, he writes a long email here. That's awesome. But he goes on, we talked about self monitor or high monitors versus low monitors. He says he's an ultra high monitor, which I completely get. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so he wanted to ask, talk about developing a consistent routine, kind of comparing it to golf. Um, so, you know, just being consistent with your swing mm-hmm. and he uses the term, uh, swing thought. So kind of developing a swing thought. And he says it's clearly been adopted by some of the top pros in the sport. Paige Pierce's putter flick is a more visible version. In the, mm-hmm. uh, the commentary for Ron Joma's video last year, Jeremy Colling said Chris Dickerson's routines were so robotic that he's nicknamed him Robot Chicken. Uh, he apparently also has a very simple palate. <laughs> so you can probably vouch for that. Mm-hmm. I don't know any of these people. I've, I mean, I've, I've seen him play. He's yeah. robotic. It's good though. Um, Solid player. So, and he says, my golf game had totally plateaued. And he's not, he's talking about traditional golf, golf, not disc golf. Yeah. Had totally plateaued until I developed my routine and more importantly, my swing thought. I had a tendency to get fast, just like in disc golf. And so to combat that, my swing thought has much to do with creating consistent timing that allows everything to get in line. It's a wonder why it's taken so much time to, uh, to find its way into my disc golf game. All that said, what's your swing thought? So let's pause there. And he's got a couple more questions or one or two more questions. But what is your... Swing thought. That's a new term for me. Is that something that you're familiar with? Um, the, the verbiage of swing thought. Yes. As far as like a, a mental place or motto or something like a mantra Not entirely. Yeah. Um, yeah, but ironically his golf game sounds like mine. Um, I golf like traditional golf, ball golf, whatever you want to call it. I golf very recreationally and just this week, actually I was golfing and I slowed everything down and I was better. I was like, yeah. Whoa, okay. Let's just, let's settle. So weird that we have the same golf issue and the same fix, but the, the little bit that I play of golf, it's the same thing too. Like if I just slow down and actually swing it, it yeah, it is always a better result. Right. Anyway, and that's the same with my disc golf. Like if I just slow down and, and do it, I have a better result today on the course. Um, I was just kind of throwing some discs, just kind of doing practice shots. And uh, I somebody said something about, like online, I think I read it, about kind of taking the last step of your X step a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. So I was trying that. And, uh, and I was kind of going slow and I was trying that. And I like how it felt, but I noticed that my discs were going everywhere because mm-hmm. I wasn't. It's new. Yeah, it's new. And it was I was focusing on that instead of actually aiming yep. my shot. And so I had to kind of, you like, oh, okay, just slow down and go back and just actually try to hit this basket, like try to aim at this basket, and it worked better. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, just kind of being – slowing down is, is, is a great way to say it, but for me, being purposeful in, in my movement and okay. actually um, 
doing something for a reason instead of just speeding up and just trying to throw it out there because that's what I think I saw Paul Macbeth do or Eagle do yeah. or Crystal Lesbo do, you know, when we're, when we're playing together. Uh, that's a nice list to be included in. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, being deliberate and, and purposeful in my actions to me helps a lot. Uh, and it also helps me not get so frustrated mm-hmm. with my game because if I'm doing that, then if I, if I shank a shot, I kind of have a better chance of knowing what went wrong. Like, oh, well, I felt my footing go off or I know I released too early. Whereas if I'm just speeding through it, I'm not paying attention to those things that, you know, I, I just, I don't know why my shot went so poorly. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not paying enough attention to my body to feel it. So, but having like, do you have like a mantra that we talked about? Like when we're putting, you know, and I've, I've started doing that. I forgot about it, but mm-hmm. I want to get back to that. Um, and I just started saying like, put it in the basket. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of similar to what you say, mm-hmm. right? That, that was my putting one. Um, recently I've changed how I'm putting a little bit. And when I try to force it, I put very hard and often pull it low. Okay. So I've changed the putting one to let it get there. Oh. Not even get it there. Just Because it. get it there, I try to jam it, and it's not always right. So let it get there. I put hard enough that it's going to get let there. Let the disc do the work. So give it a chance. Yeah. So I'm saying let it get there for putting. I like that. Um, this is uh, this is a good, top, good topic. Um, I think about these things when I'm playing, but until I read your email, I have not sat down and thought about I have a swing thought. So thinking about it now, if I'm throwing a shot, so my, my default shot is always a spike hyzer. If I can reach it with a big right to left hyzer shot, I will. If it's 200 feet, if it's 400 feet, that's the shot I'm throwing if it's there. So yeah, for me, it's just trying to get it straight, nose down, yeah. just a straight shot. I don't like straight. My comfort, comfortable place is that hyzer. And if I'm throwing one of those, my thought is usually just throw it. Because I do it so much. I have so much faith and confidence in what I can do. I know what the disc is going to do. I know exactly where it's going to go. So I just throw it. Okay. As soon as I start trying to like pick a branch to be at a certain angle at and I lose it all. Yeah. I try to overdo it and I don't. So for the comfortable shots like hyzers, just throw it for me. If I'm doing more of a flex line or like a crafty sidearm shot or a roller or something where I get a little bit more technical... Um, I tell myself to just trust it. Um, I know what the disc is going to do if I throw it right, but I have a tendency to undercommit. So if I'm throwing a flex, I won't put enough on it thinking I'll burn it out or something. Um, like a sidearm flex, I'm afraid to put that big bunch of Anheuser on it in case it doesn't come out. Well, now you got a left arm. Back oh, hand, see, so. it's going to change my life, that left hand. <laughs> But all, all these talking about that last episode that Chris can just bombed a left hand shot that was beautiful. It's it's gonna get there. It's yeah. gonna get there. I, it certainly looked like it. That was so good. Uh, I'll just keep reliving that throw. Um, but anyway, all the all the technical shots, touchy shots, I know I can do them. I know the disc won't not work. Like, yeah, I know what's gonna happen. I just have to trust it. So for me, if it's a comfortable shot, just do it. Just throw it. If it's an uncomfortable shot, trust it. And putting, let it get there. Or probably like my three thinking like about my game. Um, I'm just thinking about this morning or today I went and played. Um, it's actually this afternoon. But that doesn't matter. Uh, and I, my game has improved not enough that I'm going to, that it's going to become pro pro disc golf, the show that's probably never going to happen. <laughs> but my game has improved enough that I'm, 
I'm I'm better yeah. than I was. Yeah. Like you know, I can get into the circles a lot of times, like on a drive, or I'm I can get the disc close to where I want it to go, and I'm and I'm starting to learn how to flex a little bit and how to you know put a little bit of, of you know angle on it and. and um, and I can trust that my drives are going to, they're just getting a little bit longer and a little mm-hmm. bit longer. And it, so I'm, my game's improving. Um, but I noticed that I, my scores weren't getting any better. And part of that is I would, I was getting a little bit more aggressive than I should have. And so I would have bad rolls or I would overshoot baskets because mm-hmm. part of it too is my mid game, my short game's getting better. And so I can throw discs farther. And so I was overshooting baskets when I shouldn't have mm-hmm. and overshooting them a hundred percent, you mm-hmm. know? So it was the same shot coming back. Um, and so today I w- didn't think about it as a swing thought, but probably was just something that I just kind of kept putting in my head through the game, just like a little mantra through mm-hmm. the round was, um, play for par. And, oh. and that's not, again, if you're Chris Lesbo, you're Paul McBeth, you're Eagle. That's that's a bad mantra to have, mm-hmm. unless it's like a super bad conditions day. Then yeah. great, like I've you can get par and six nine or wins. Great, but um, for me, what that taught me to what that helped me do is don't try to do stuff that you're not comfortable doing. Play for par. I know I can par these holes that I'm that I'm playing on. I know I, this course that I'm on. It's the course I play the most. I was comfortable with it. I know I can par it. Um, and I I've shot under par I think once or twice, and that's great. But par for me is good. I'm, I'm happy with par. So mm-hmm. play for par. And that helped me to play better. Like I, I wasn't yeah. making stupid mistakes by being too aggressive. Or bad decisions. Or bad decisions, exactly. I was playing the way that I should have played. Yep. And with that being said, if I was in the circle after a drive, I was going to try to go for birdie. You know, I was going to try to put it in the basket mm-hmm. on every shot, which I think is a fair thing That's, to do, period. Mm-hmm. But um, – that that helped me also to not get frustrated with a par. You know, mm-hmm. if I if I got three, I wasn't frustrated with that. I was that's what I was playing for. That's that's what I was going for. And so that really helped me. And if you're at more of the am level and you play a little bit more like I do, uh, that's if I could if I could scratch if I could play scratch golf in a tournament, that that's gonna for me be a massive improvement over where I'm doing. So I'm playing, you know, in a rec division. Some guys are shooting well under par. That's fine. Maybe they should be in a different division. I'm not going to comment on that. Different discussion. Yeah, that's a totally different discussion I think we've had before. Yeah. But um, for me, if I could shoot even in a tournament, I would be ecstatic. Like I'd be clicking my heels together. That would Mm -hmm. be fantastic for me. Um, So that's kind of what I'm going to try to adopt as my mantra for at least a while, Mm -hmm. you know, and, when there was a, I've only had one time in my life that I was really running regularly. And it was when we were living in Ethiopia, my oh. wife and I spent three months in Ethiopia oh. and, um, she's a runner. My wife's, uh, she's, she's, <laughs> she placed third in the world, uh, the tough man world championship triathlon oh, this wow. year. So it's not the Ironman. It's tough, man. It's like a different bracket. Mm-hmm. But also hard triathlon. She plays third in, in worlds. So respectable. Or 2017. So respectable. she's very good. Um, she's she's a strong athlete, mm-hmm. and I'm not. <laughs> so, uh, but so she was a runner. This was we were not married very. Like this was our honeymoon, effectively, that we spent three months in Ethiopia, 
And so she would tell me like, Hey, just try to run for 30 seconds before you walk. And I would do that, you know, and, and, and I got up to that and then it was like, try to run for a minute, you know, before you walk and then two minutes and then five minutes and then 10 minutes. And, you know, just a few weeks into that, I was like, I remember once I was like, Oh, I ran for 55 minutes, like running for 55 wow. minutes straight. And I'd never done that before in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think I did it a couple more times while we were there, but I haven't done it since. Running in Africa is amazing, by the way, especially in the dry season. In the rainy season, it was impossible. <laughs> but it's like, it's, I don't like running on streets, but it's just trail running, you know, okay. where we were, because it's just, you're out in the country. Mm-hmm. And like kids would just come and run with you. Oh, cool. And they're all so much better runners than I was. Yeah. Like there was on this one day where it was like running like 55 minutes, and it was just, I was just feeling great. Uh, there was this guy going to school. He was probably my age-ish. I was mid-20s, but he was going to, I think, just you know, high school, school effectively. Yeah, he was going to school. I could tell because he was in his uniform. And they ha- he had like what are effectively soccer sandals, but even cheaper, you know, just like the super cheap, just plastic sandals that just with the big strap. And he starts running with me. And he doesn't speak English. I don't speak Amharic. And we're just smiling at each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm running and I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm in the best running shape I've ever been in. So I start speeding up and he's right there with me. And then I speed up some more and he's right there. And I'm like, this guy's just playing with me. Uh-huh. And he's literally in sandals he's just on his way to school. <laughs> um, like, like dressed in a school uniform. Oh man. But, uh, that was just fun. Smiling the whole time. Oh, smiling so much. And that was just a ton of fun. So, um, so just to try to put it in those terms, like running for 30 seconds was a challenge when I first started out, mm-hmm. like running for 30 seconds straight was a challenge. And then it got to the point where I could run for, you know, 50 minutes and it was a challenge, but it was not as hard as running for 30 seconds mm-hmm. that first day that I started doing it. So for me, play for par is where I'm mm-hmm. at right now. And then one day, maybe I'll be playing for 18 under, mm-hmm. you know, well, and, and pl- I mean, play for par is a great place to be because then some birdies will happen. Yeah. And if you're out of position, you stay smart. You say play for the par and then better scores come. Yeah. Well, and if I, yeah, I mean, if I, if you could consistently be a scratch golfer, if you could drop all your bogeys off, you'd be a pretty competitive golfer. Clean golf is always competitive. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's where I am with this a little bit. So, nice. uh, speaking of Ethiopia though, there's apparently disc golf is growing in Ethiopia, which is rad. Like there's disc golf tournaments there, which is so cool. cool. I, I've tried to watch videos and they're all so bad. Like no offense to whoever was going there. Yeah. And it's like, they're not showing any like real stuff it's like 20 kids throwing at one basket which is like amazing i've been there with those kids like not necessarily in that village but uh that is such a cool thing yeah that's such a good way to grow it yeah such a cool thing good job to whoever's it's a cheap sport and yeah they can yeah it's it's the perfect sport for out there honestly that's so cool yeah um all right so do you have a swing thought just play for par yeah, I think okay. right now. I never thought of it being that until we got to this question. But yeah, right now that's my swing thought is just play for par. Cool. And that's going to help me, like we talked about, just try to not make poor decisions and, and not do things that I shouldn't do. I like it. Yeah. And I've got my three. Just throw it, commit, let it get there. Yeah. Now putting, I think just get it in or something. I'm working on something with that, but it, it's a little bit different. But yeah, yeah just make play it. for par. Make it. So we've got one more question. Uh, thank you, Robert. That was a yeah, great, thank you. great that was email an awesome to read. question. Uh, oh, no. Robert had another point, too, that we didn't get to. Um, did he? He did. So um, I'm going to read this as well. Okay. Um, please keep doing what you guys are doing. It's really a great show. Oh, Thank you, Robert. That's fantastic. 
Side note from Robert. Right, right, right. Again, because of broad self-monitoring, calling golf anything other than just golf, i.e. ball golf or traditional golf, drives me absolutely nuts. It's a royal and ancient game played by millions of people around the world, around which a multi-billion dollar industry is built. It needs no qualifiers. In fact, the only qualifier needed in any conversation about golf is adding the word disc to refer to the wonderful game that we are gathered here to enjoy and discuss. And there's nothing wrong with that. And Robert, I completely agree with you. I, I, I never heard the term ball golf until I started playing disc golf, Mm -hmm. you know, fairly seriously. And, uh, he's absolutely right. In fact, I responded to him. Um, yeah, they don't call tennis court tennis to differentiate it from ping pong. So know that we agree with you. At least I agree with you. Is that your, your, your opinion as well? Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I do call golf ball golf or stick golf or anything in context because I play both and I know one scratch golfer. And I know hundreds of disc golfers. So yeah. if I say I'm going golfing, people always ask me to clarify. And I say, well, I'm going ball golfing. Yeah. So I, I use ball golf. I use golf and I say, use disc golf. Yeah. I say golf when I'm talking about golf, you know, mm-hmm. but, and again, Robert, we agree with you, but for the purposes of this show and the fact that it's a disc golf show, we will say golf as a shorthand for disc golf yeah. and, I, and we will qualify the Royal ancient game golf as ball golf or traditional golf. Yeah. And I think it's contextual to. as well. Like I prefer to call golf golf. Yeah. Cause it's golf. Yeah. It's what it is. But if I'm talking with just disc golf friends, I'll say, Hey, do you want to golf today? Oh yeah. And they know I mean disc golf. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I texted you the other day. Like, do you want to go play? You didn't think I was talking about like the seesaw. You, you knew what yeah, I meant. Disc exactly. Golf. So yeah, it's, there's some context. But yes, I agree. Yeah. But we, we do agree with you, Robert. Uh, if you disagree with Robert, I'm, I'm curious, but, I agree. There, there's no qualifiers needed for, for that. And foot golf, which I guess is the soccer golf. Yeah, I think they called it foot golf. Yeah, th- that also needs a qualifier too. That's not it's – as, it's as valid of a sport as disc golf mm-hmm. is, maybe, probably. I don't know. But it looks like a lot of fun. It looks hard, but fun. Yeah, I'm not very good at soccer, so I think I would struggle with it. But I struggle with disc golf. So, um, But, yes, thank you, Robert. Yeah, thank you so much. Very nice. Um, and our last question comes to us again from Hunter. You got it? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll read it. Okay. Uh, forgive me for bothering you again. Never a bother. Yeah, really. But I thought of another question for you all while listening to the episode put out today. And uh, that was yes. our last episode. Last week. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was the Daniel Wisdom of Daniel Tiger, Okay, I think. Um, Maybe. In the past, you guys have talked about how tournament play can be almost a social event and a great way to meet new people. That being said, what do you guys think of players that play with <laughs> headphones in during the round rude or just their way of staying in focus and their head in the right place. It had to come up. Yeah. Uh, great question. Yeah. Great question. So I haven't played a ton of tournaments. I've just played, you know, just a very small handful of tournaments. Mm -hmm. I play a lot by myself when I'm out playing disc golf. That's just the nature of, of me being a misanthrope and the schedule that I have. I don't have, and what disc golf is for you. Yeah. It's, it just kind of is, is what I can do, you know, mm-hmm. with my time. And, um, I like playing with other people. Like when Chris and I went out and played together, it was a blast. I had a great time and it was a really, really fun round, but I also have a lot of fun playing by myself when I can, cause I would rather get out and play than just not play. If I can't have yeah. a friend to go play with me. Um, I have my headphones in like, I don't, I may be wearing them right now. They're usually around your neck. Yeah. I have a pair of Bluetooth headphones that I have around my neck almost all the time. Mm-hmm. I know it's obnoxious, but 
I listen to a ton of podcasts and audiobooks. I really don't listen to a lot of music mm-hmm. um, anymore. It's it's mostly podcasts and audiobooks, and um, there it's just always there. And it's something I when I'm shopping at the grocery store, I'm listening to them. And when I'm certainly when I'm playing disc golf by myself, I'm, I've got my headphones in. But I always have one earbud out, and that's for safety's sake, mm-hmm. for one thing, so that I can hear somebody yell for, if I can hear, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I can just be aware of what's going on around me. But if I'm playing in a tournament or if I'm playing with other people, my headphones may be around my neck, but they're not in my ears. Mm-hmm. And that's me. Um, even even not even in just one ear. Um, now, if you're a baby driver and you've got <laughs> tinnitus in your ears and you need that so you can focus, okay. Okay. But um, I'll, I'll concede that one. Yeah. Uh, just etiquette. In general, mm-hmm. and even when I'm just walking around, like I don't often put my headphones in both ears because if somebody says, "Oh, hey, excuse me," or just "Hey, what's up?" or wants to talk to me, I want to be able to hear what they're saying. Yep. And so, um, that's just a that's just part of being a good human in society. I love having headphones, but make sure you can hear what's mm-hmm. going on around you. And my thought in playing, not a casual round with friends, even then, I, I think pull them out of your ears, and you know. If you want to have music on a speaker at that point, that's not disturbing anyone else around you. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, but if you're in a tournament, pull your headphones out and make friends with the people on your card. Yeah, this is, this is a fun discussion. And I think there are a lot of different views on it. I know disc golf answer man has gone over it a couple times, so go check them out. I don't think I've heard, I've, I listened to that show a lot, but I don't think I've heard them talk about this. Yeah, they've, they've addressed it. I'm sure. I am Eric Robert and sorry, whoever else Bobby. was there. Might have been Bobby. Usually Bobby's there. Yeah. Okay. Disc Golf Fans Man's been on it too. Yeah. Um, but for me, I go both ways. Um, people who play with headphones are often... Oh, gosh. How do I not... Maybe not often, but people who play with headphones can do it as a way to not have to socialize or a way to focus or just a way to like remove the stress of interacting with the people you're playing against. Um, most of the time... People who play with headphones are aware enough and nice enough to take one out for scores and then put one back in when it's throwing again. Um, I've run into a couple times. That wouldn't bother me, really. Like, if you've got one in, that's, you know, and you can, in if somebody addresses you, you respond in a time like you hear them and mm-hmm. what's going on. That doesn't really bother me. It, it that honestly bothers me less than them having their Bluetooth speaker playing something that mm. too yeah. loud, yeah. you know? So I, I'm thinking kind of tournament focused right now yeah because that's kind of how this phrase came off to me i think so tournament yeah he's specifically talking about tournaments i think um so there i think the rule about headphones is you have to be able to hear when scores are called for so beyond that you can wear them all you want um i've run into a few times where people are playing in headphones and you know you lose some vision or you're talking about who's out or trying to make a call trying to get their attention they have their headphones in so i've been yelling at people trying to get their attention like jumping up and down and they're in their own little world, which I don't like. Yeah. Um, if you want to play in headphones, I request that you definitely still stay engaged in your group. You still watch the shots. You still help make the calls. You're still there. Yeah. And if the music is for a baby driver thing or you really need it to focus or something, then by all means, listen to your music. But still be present. You're there to golf. Be there to golf and be a part of your group. Is there a rule about speakers during a tournament? None. Yeah. No, I think the rule is you cannot. You cannot have one. Yeah. Yeah. I played one tournament 
and it was a sanctioned tournament. They had it, but we were wreck, and they asked if it was cool. And yeah, and that maybe it's a group call. I yeah, I've never had anybody ask. Yeah, and I, my guess is that it's no, but I would think so too. Um, and I I was fine with it, but it's also one of those things that's like you can't really say no to that mm-hmm. too. Like without, if you're trying to be friends mm-hmm. with your group and, and they asked very politely, they were great about it. And, and it was at a, always at a good volume, you know, it wasn't too loud yeah. and they were playing, you know, general enough music that it was, yeah. it was, you know, it was fine. It was not distracting. Mm-hmm. Um, but my thought is, and and this is from someone who has headphones around his neck, like, Always. constantly like when I go to bed at night I take my headphones off of my neck I plug them into charge I put my watch on my charger and my phone on my charger and then I get them all off and put them on <laughs> in the morning like it's one of the first things that I do uh-huh. I probably have a problem with it honestly like, I didn't want to say it <laughs> I'll say it but very 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 rarely are both headphones in like yeah. I will do that sometimes on a plane if I just want to like zone out mm-hmm. and not engage like I can be antisocial at times, you know, and, and, uh, but if somebody's like persistently wanting to talk to me, then I will take them out yeah. and talk to them. Yeah. Um, but very rarely do I have both in and, um, very rarely am I playing something at a volume that's high enough that I can't hear mm-hmm. what's going on around mm-hmm. me. Um, now make your own rules for, for how you want to do that. If you're at the gym, that's fine. You know, like whatever, but, in a t- tournament setting, there's safety <laughs> concerns of, of, of mm-hmm. you know, people throwing. You need to hear four when mm-hmm. it's called. You need to you need to be able to call out scores. And if you're going to have both your headphones in and be zoned, like not be able to hear, then you need, to me, that's extra effort on you because you have to, and maybe this is probably my high self-monitor part, <laughs> Um I, I, that would be more stressful to me because then I would constantly be watching around the group and seeing like, okay, is there a cue that I'm not miss picking up on Yeah. instead of just listening. Now, uh, if you're deaf and you, and you play disc golf, I, I studied sign language in college. Uh, you're probably not listening to the show if you're deaf. That'd be rad if you are and somebody's just, you know, helping you with that. That would but, be cool. Um, that's like, that's a completely different thing. But also I know enough deaf people and I've been around enough deaf people that they know to be aware if mm-hmm. they're playing with, if they're around hearing people mm-hmm. that they have to watch for, you know, any indication and, and, you know, um, do the, do what they can to, to adapt and to, you know, make that work out. So, um, my guess is that if you just got your headphones in, you're not as, a, as attuned to that as somebody who's deaf. So, Hearing is not a prerequisite. <laughs> Being able to hear what's going on at the course isn't a prerequisite for playing because mm-hmm. certainly if you're deaf, go play. Um, but I I don't know. For me, that falls under kind of just the etiquette thing. Like just make as little – your game should have as little impact on everyone else's game as possible. Mm-hmm. And if they're having to shout or spend any extra energy getting your attention beyond um, you're just over a hill – and because mm-hmm. your shot went over there, then you're not being considerate to the other people on your card. So, yeah. And on the last note here about head in the right place, um, I you I mean I've said a few times now that I'm pretty hard on myself with everything I do. Um, so I got very frustrated with this golf competitively because casually I'm fairly good. Competitively I am not quite as good naturally, 
and I would beat myself up for that. So I actually tried playing with headphones for a little while mm. as a, you know, super calm music, keep me mellow, yeah. keep me happy. Something to keep you in the right headspace. And it kind of helped, but if you slip and you're relying on music to keep you where you want to be and you slip, you're going to go through more music and be more and more removed from that group. And then you're yeah. more of a pain. I know I was. Maybe this is just me. Yeah. But I actually went the wrong direction because of my music. So I dropped the headphones very quickly. And now I play. It's fun. I socialize. I try to be friends with the people I'm playing with. And it's just a much better time for me. Yeah. So to each his own, each her own. But I'm not a huge fan of headphones. Now, when you were playing with headphones, were they like earbuds? Okay, just earbuds. Then would you keep one out when you were playing? Uh, no. Okay. No, one out for scores, both in while I'm playing. Okay, so when you hold out, you'd pull one out, and mm-hmm. then, yeah. Um, I'm I'm just not a big fan. No, I'm I not mean, either. When like, was the last time you saw headphones on the PGA Tour or any other professional sport? It, you know, you'll see them in like basketball and things like that when they're warming up, or yeah. you know, whatever. And that's or, fine. Or psyching up for the game. Yeah, that's fine. But when they're playing, they're they're not. Yeah, I, I, hey, I listen to music or meditate or something. You have to psych up. You have to get into whatever you do. When I ski, when I'm out free skiing, I've got headphones built into my helmet Mm -hmm. that I listen to. Um, Mm -hmm. And, but even then, I I keep it at a low enough volume that I can hear people around me and I can hear the snow conditions. And Mm -hmm. and there's um, Seth Morrison is a uh, world renowned, uh, you know, all mountain skier. Mm -hmm. And he, I have a, a pair of his, a old pair of his signature skis, and they're called the Seth Vicious. Like he's a he's a big music fan, big punk fan, and um, huge Sex Pistols fan. Mm-hmm. So this guy is, likes music, and he's I've heard him say several times he will not listen to music when he's skiing because he needs to be able to hear everything around him. He needs all the senses that he possibly can because this guy's doing you know full on backcountry stuff, and he needs to be able to hear if there's an avalanche breaking mm-hmm. or if there's something going on. Absolutely. Um, I'm not doing that, so I don't feel, you know, I feel fine. I like listening to music when I'm skiing, but, um, and again, I have headphones around my neck all day long. Like my kids make fun of me for it. So, uh, but I'm always trying to listen to what's going on around me. And if, and if somebody has to repeat what they're saying, I feel bad because I know that I'm not doing what I should be doing as far as being involved Mm -hmm. and with the other people around me. Mm -hmm. There's the people The people in front of you are the people that should, let me, let me take this cell phones and things like that have, have changed our etiquette in a way where we feel like the person that we're texting or talking to on the phone is more of a priority than the person who's sitting across from us. Oh yeah. Now, if you're on a phone call and somebody comes up to you, then that's on them to wait till you finish your call or whatever that is. And there's times when you need to make a call, you need to make a text, whatever. But when you're in a tournament and you're with those four people, um, you probably shouldn't be answering your phone unless it's a flat out emergency anyway, or texting or doing any of that. Cause again, that's just not cool. Mm-hmm. But the people that are on your card are the people that you should be paying your attention to. Yeah. And, Again, I, I'll go back to this always. Just have your game be as little impact on everybody else's game. Be that the way that you are handling yourself on the course, the noise that you're making, the the footprint that you're leaving on the course, 
Um, so don't litter, don't tag the course, don't graffiti, don't, mm-hmm. you know, just leave it better than you found it if you can. Yeah. And at least like you found it. So, um, absolutely agree. Yeah. That's kind of, that, that's my thought on it, but I don't know. Uh, well, no, I do know. I know how I feel about it. Um, do I think that PDGA should make a rule of no headphones? Um, in my experience, I haven't seen it be enough of a problem that there's that there's a necessity that it necessitates a rule. Um, and I, I don't like the idea of rules just for the sake of having a rule. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I, I think the, just the etiquette rule and the courtesy rule takes care of Can so cover. much cause yeah. should cover so much, but some people think need things, you know, kind of specifically out. laid out for them. Yeah. yeah. And if there's an issue, um, in a, in a tournament that you're playing with where someone's just not paying attention. Um, I guess you could stroke them for a courtesy violation, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. And, and if that's not helping, then maybe, then maybe, you know, something does need to get kicked up and, and be addressed. But, um, I think, yeah, I, I, I think it's up to you, but if you're going to use headphones, if you're going to use music on the course, you need to be, to me, it would be more stressful because I would have to be so much more aware with yep. the other senses that I've got that, that I, I would just rather not. Okay. So that's me. And my, my quick summary is as long as you're present and part of your group, you're okay. If headphones take away from that, maybe don't play with them. I think, I think I completely agree with that. So, all right. Well, that's our questions. That's our episode for this week. Um, Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. That was awesome to get all those questions. We got through them in one episode. So uh, write in, proamdiscgolf at gmail.com. Give us some more stuff to talk about. Hunter, don't feel bad about writing. You can you can keep writing it if you want. It's not bothersome if we ask you to do it. Yes. Right? I don't, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you'll We'll let you know if you're bothering us. And, and so far, <laughs> you're not even close. So, um, But we really appreciate that. Uh, Facebook.com proamdiscgolf. Um, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher, Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. We should be. Um, if not, let me know and I'll, and I'll work on that. And uh, Tell a friend. Keep telling a friend. Yeah, our ratings, like our numbers are, are going up uh, quite a bit, and that's pretty awesome. So, yeah, tell somebody else about the show and uh, get somebody else, get a disc in somebody else's hand and, and get them to go play. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, until then, keep throwing plastic. Cheers. Thank you.